Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name's Dominic McCurio and I'm here with Laura Weinbach. Yo. In her childhood home in beautiful Los Angeles, California, USA. And our guest, I thought you maybe you'd have something to say about that, but apparently you have nothing to say about that. I don't speak unless spoken to. Oh my god, wow, <laughs> I didn't realize this was so, like, intense, hardcore. And then our guest I'm today... I'm an intense person. <laughs> our guest today is Jenny Hanna. Hi. Jennifer Hanna. Jennifer, oh, sorry. She's been known to be called. Same moi. <laughs> Jennifer Hanna? Is that is that what you prefer? Or? I'm a little less furry, <laughs> Pre- preferably. She's one of my oldest friends who I've known since I was 15 years old in beautiful, yes. sunny California. Los Angeles, Los California, <laughs> USA, you know? We went to high school together. Yeah. We've known each other for 20 years. That's awesome. so awesome. Yeah. yeah. 20, 20, 20, 20 years. Yeah. Wait, where did you guys meet? Let's talk about the we, origin We story. met at Universal Studios. We did smoking a cigarette. Well, we met in the parking lot of. Oh my god, this sounds like such a famous story. Yeah. No, like we had a mutual friend, and like she was hanging out with him. Do you remember who that mutual friend was? Daniel Cherney. (laughs) (laughs) Who reminds me of Macaulay Culkin? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which we'll get to later. Maybe we should just briefly briefly mention that later we're going to be talking about uh, the 2003 film uh, Party Monster which is directed by Fenton Bailey and Randy Barbado, and it stars Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green, but we'll be getting to that in the second half of the episode. And we're here in L.A. because Fox Hills Brigade, uh, we played a show last night at... Uh, Resident. The Resident. Which in- was an awesome set, by the way. Amazing right. energy. Thank you. Thank you. Have you been to that Amazingly place? Amazingly dynamic. Before, by the way? No, it was my first time. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I was a little bit, I'm sort of impressed well, not sort of impressed, very impressed. How do you really feel? <laughs> Let's get it out now, yeah. Jenny. <laughs> no, the use of space no. was incredible. The way they sort no. of divided the space between, you know, outdoors, indoors. It had an urban feel mm-hmm. and the bricks. and they had a look, It really reminded me of Austin, like, during South by Southwest, outside mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. club, like, where there were, those, there were all these, like, weird kind of luxury fire pits everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cocktails. And people sitting at kind of, like, like Hofbrauhaus house style, you know, table like cafeteria style table. Well, they were nice cafeteria. communal tables. Communal, communal tables. yeah, is that the word? Yeah, <laughs> you call them cafeteria. I don't know. I'm just, it's like I just think of no, the cafeteria like when I was in I, elementary school, and they were like these think... long tables. I don't know. Anyway, Jenny, have you ever gotten Laura to like get into some yoga? Uh, to a degree. Uh, at the remember at the Renaissance Fair? Oh my God! Yeah, we went to the Renaissance Fair once. And I got, they, well, it was, oh, we did this yoga thing that probably shouldn't say this, but his name was Balawesha. And he totally <laughs> wore these like. a fake name so easily. Well, no, it basically him. was a fake name. Yeah, oh, because okay. actually I asked him, is that your real name? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, what is your real name? And he goes, Richard. And so you guys like. In LA. Sat down and we're about to, you know, do downward facing dog. And then what, what No, well, we did like some stretches and, and then all of a sudden I fainted. What? Yeah, like he he was the way he was instructing. I was just like following the instructions, and you were doing it too and hard. And somehow I fainted, and then I fell on the flat ground, and I I think I was like having a convulsion. What the hell? You were there? No, actually, I was there. It was very seizure, or like a seizure. Yeah, like I woke oh up god. and people were crowded around me, and they were like, thing. "Are you yeah. okay?" I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell just happened?" It was oh my really god, you got serious. too centered. You Somewhat were like, embarrassing, actually. You were way too cent- centered in your in your auras and your I chakras. Was, it cleft me right down through my center. Great, <laughs> great, great, great Joanna Newsom would say. 
Newsom would have said, yeah. She would have said that if she was there, you know? Oh, my That's God. Old oh, my center. <laughs> what did you think of that? Were you like, oh, man, Laura can't. I was we really can't, we freaked can't take out. Laura can't yoga. hang. She can't hang with the yeah. yoga crowd. Yeah, I was a little freaked out. <laughs> it yeah. was intense. No, but I think that Balawesha, like, was not, about, like, uh, you know, I don't think that he had the authority to really be a yoga instructor. No. Oh. I think he was just—he was pushing you too hard, you know, throwing shit out there. You know, he was just sort of pulling energies from these various sort of random parts of his mind and sort of <laughs> shaking them up in his little sort of cocktail. <laughs> that word came up a lot in the film, by the way. Cocktail, oh, right. yeah. it was sort of innuendo. Right. But uh, <laughs> no, but he was so weird. He like wore these crazy pants. They were like Alibaba and the Forty Thieves kind of pants. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and wait, did you like know him beforehand or something, or? How- you just heard about it, like his class or something? Or? Well, I met him at the Orange Studios, which were these music studios on Sunset Oh, Boulevard. my God. Yeah, we totally And there were just parties there all the time, like 24-hour parties. Would you yeah. say you were a party monster at that point? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not, the, not on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. Not on yeah. the wavelength of this movie, but yeah. you know, okay, it was okay. a little okay. bit of that. It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. No, but this Orange Studios, the band Green Jello. Green, green Day. Oh, no, Green no, Day. Green wow. Jello. No. Yeah, Green Day. Green Jello. Was it Green Jelly or Green Jello? Don't want to be an American no, green, idiot. Green Jello. Jello. They were potato, like potato. they they were the band that would rehearse there, and it was like they were the famous band that rehearsed there, and they would always have these crazy parties there and stuff. Mm. And uh, it was kind of an interesting scene. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of drugs there. Right. But yeah, that Galway <laughs> show was a part of that whole crew. So yeah. that, that, did you ever? You've never tried yoga since. You, that was like your one and one and only one. And no, done. I've tried it since, but I just don't. I mean, I think it's good. I do think it's really helpful. And I mean, you know, in many ways. But I just, I'm not. I don't know. I'm just not like very disciplined in that realm. Mm. You know, I. I don't know. I just, I like to But you chill. survived. You survived that yoga session. I yeah, did yeah, survive. Did. I survived yoga you session did. 2010. <laughs> but I, I just feel like. Yoga session 2010 <laughs> as if it's like Woodstock 1969. <laughs> exactly. Like it's like an event of her life, you know. You got the job. I got yeah, it. I just wanted to explain it basically. Thank you. <laughs> For all those out, out there I just wanted to make understand. sure that everyone understood it, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So you oh, are okay. a yoga instructor though, right? I yeah. am a yoga instructor. Yeah. Oh, you know what's kind of a funny thing? Because this links back to Party Monster, but. She has instructed Chloe Sevigny before, who was in this movie. Oh, really? As a substitute teacher. Was she the girl so, who yeah. like watches the TV towards the end? No, she's the one who ends up going out with Macaulay. Right, but isn't she watching the TV? Oh, I that, get. Remember? She's yeah. Like, oh, I forget. We'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The pretty you... one that's like in the hospital with him and stuff. Uh huh. Uh huh. But anyway. Like, do a lot of people fart in those in these yoga classes? Oh, probably. Uh, sometimes they do, and you sort of have to just laugh at it because do you laugh at them you kind of have to because everybody heard it and it's this sort of elephant so you in the have room. to like well it's like kind of do dude yeah. one time i did take i actually me and anton used to go to this yoga class together when we first started going out uh-huh. taught by jesse woolitz i remember at the end of the class it would be like the quiet time where it lights out <laughs> oh yeah you lay down you lay down what's and that, what's she's that like called? shavasana and she's like oh, all right everybody i want you to just relax and breathe and relax and then it was like totally quiet and the person right next to me was like (laughs) and I mean I just totally started busting up laughing out loud were you the only one laughing I tried to stifle it but yeah it was like I couldn't 
It's like, hello, this person just farted. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I think I would I mean, probably. I mean, we're trying to sleep. supposed to be sleeping over here. You, you feel sorry for them, farts? though. As a teacher, no, you sort relaxing. of feel sorry for them. Do you? Well, yeah. it's just like this air is just coming out. But know? it's also like, don't you want the, I guess you got to relax, right? And if you're truly relaxed, you got to just let it rip. You have to call it out. Like, you would just normalize it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, that's your body. Oh, you farted. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. It's releasing your second chakra energy. Oh, come on. Your you second chakra. It's not fine. They farted, and it's funny. Unraveling the gases. It's not like okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but I mean, what are you to do? What if you needed to really you laugh fart? at it because it's funny? No, I mean, what if, you needed, what if you needed to fart? Like, would you would you just like? I would try right to make it a silent one. Oh, okay. <laughs> it but, is a skill though to make it a silent one. Yeah. There are sort such of, a thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, actually, that's the entire. Yeah, you kind of gotta like. You gotta kind of like find a, an angle that like really just. No, kind it's of, a matter of like. No, it's, it's a sphincter like, muscle contraction. Here's what it is. You know, it's very particular. Aspect of Let the me explain. Let me explain. Yeah. Let me explain. It's like this. You know how if you're driving in the rain and you're like going really fast, but then traffic is coming to kind of like a halt, you have to kind of pump the brake <laughs> twice. To stop. Like in Mario Kart? Well, with 64? a fart, it's like that. It's Your coming, sphincter. but you kind of like pump it so that it mm. just doesn't go all out at once. You're like dispersing you go, it. Yeah, mm. you're like in increments. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's actually of a, breath of fire no, through your asshole. Actually, that's, for me, that's actually what that's called. It's a pump. It's called the pump. Actually, no, to, there's a yogic actually exercise yogic for it. No, there is. It's a pranayama, but through your <laughs> asshole, mm, essentially. Mm. So you know, if you're trying to go silent, you're saying I'm, I'm utilizing the pranayama effect right now. Right, right. <laughs> what I do is I bring the air just straight up to to the limit. You know, just sort of like. Near the sphincter, and then you pump behind it. No, no, no. the and then, wall. Well, no, I'm still yeah. kind of like holding it, in, but I know it's like really close to there. Let and it out in increments. Like, you just kind of like slowly or open, like just just to the very brink of until it's going to begin to happen. But then once it's begun to happen, you just you kind of like. Then you're like, okay, now I'm just gonna kind of release this in a in a slow and steady way. Yes, wins it's like blowing kind of up way. a balloon, but not pumping because you're, you're not you're releasing. Saying, well, I feel like the I mean, when I say pumping, like, I mean it, like, letting out in increments. No, no, for me, it's not increments. It's like once it's begun and you know it's already silent, then you just kind of keep that steady stream going consistently. <laughs> you don't want to like go back and forth because then that risks the that well, reverberation. The noise. There's it's reverb. Not, it's yeah. not it's quite reverb, a back and forth. Reverb. It's more of a like open close. No, see, but I never close back up. Like once once it's open. And then you keep that steady stream just at a very consistent, Sin. like very consistent, and it won't. I'm telling you, try that out. I'll tell that you requires who has. a lot of engagement, though. You have to have a lot of engagement. <laughs> you have it's a, a very long engagement control, that I'm made by John Pierre yeah. Jeanette. That's yoga. You're describing yoga right there. But oh let my me God, tell you I this. guess I have done yoga yeah. then. Yeah. You know yeah. who has not mastered the art of a, a slow, steady, <laughs> silent part? Uh, you. Anton. <laughs> like, sometimes we'll be hanging out with people we don't know very well, and people just straight up, like, <laughs> And he'll be like, and he'll be like, oh my god! He'll surprise himself, and I'll be like, the people clearly heard it, but they act like they uh-huh. didn't, and I'm just like, this is so obvious that they heard it. But well, does he actually jump though? Because yes, he, he jumps. He's, he he'll be like, oh my god! See, that's also and then that's he'll a look at me and like, well, no, I like he'll look at me and I'll look at him and I'm like, I heard, yes, I saw and heard what happened, and then he'll just kind of like. <laughs> Like look down and hope that the other people didn't hear, hear but they did. Uh huh. Well, but he's done some <laughs> silent but deadlies on tour. No, and, because but, that but was I just know. on accident, though. No, 
No, what? What do you mean? No, like, I feel like he's done a silent but deadly, but, like, it was not like he tried to do that. It was the way it was. No, but know? see, here's how I know the way Anton's, things are. Here's how I know that Anton's farted when we're on tour and we're, like, in the band to the next show. Like, it's just all, it's all quiet, you know? We're all just kind of doing our own thing. Maybe I'm listening to music. Maybe I'm staring out the window. Maybe Laura's, like, doing some writing. Who knows? We're all just in a meditative state. And then all of a sudden, the window just kind of goes... <laughs> like all this air just pouring in, like the window well, like has been rolled the, down. Like he rolls that makes down the it window. It's worse though because then it, it really blows does. it back it in does. your face. If you're driving. Like, yeah. No, it helps. I would rather him open the window than try to stifle it. Like, but that's how you know. That's how you know Anton has gotten a fart out. Well, know? I'll tell you yeah. this much. He doesn't try to let it out. Like, <laughs> if we're in bed, for example, and we're getting ready to go to sleep, and like we're about to watch a movie in bed, and then like a fart happens. He'll try to just not mention it, you know what I mean? And just keep the cover closed. And then, like, an hour later, I open the cover, and I'm like, it stinks. And I'll be like, did you fart? He's like, a long time ago. I'm like, why did you not air it out? He's like, because if you trap it in there, it just goes away. I'm like, it doesn't go away. No, No, it sinks in. No, 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 it sinks in. It makes it worse if you actually try to put a lid on it. Exactly. I find that it's not. It is so, it's such a metaphor for for our energy system. This is why yoga is so much like (laughs) farting. It really is because you do have to roll down the window at some point and sort of I would rather him just open the cover right away and just let it out. Yes. And have it be clean rather than like basically condensed fart particles. I get that though. I I kind of get it. Because then you're creating a solid right there. You're tasting (laughs) it at a certain point. Yeah, it's like you're eating it. You're just absorbing it into the mattress. You know, it's like the mattress is just kind of like Yeah, so the mattress is a sponge for The mattress is like a a maxi pad of of, of the fart. A fart Yeah, it's a fart pad. <laughs> Welcome to my fart pad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my fart pad. Welcome. You can sit over there. Over Welcome to my fart crib. <laughs> I oh, think but. if you are in a car, there is a sort of like absorbent of the seat kind of thing that you can do. Well, it depends on if your seat is a soaker or if it's not a soaker. And it also depends oh, no. on Those how rank seats. your the fart The leather is. seats are not soakers, however the other kinds right. are. You That's know actually I mean? true. Um, and actually, stink ass is a thing as well. Have you, I'll have you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, but me and my brother used to smell seats for a while, and it's like interesting how which. Seats... But why would you smell them? I know, because like, then you're, because you're then you ingesting them. Yeah, then you're ingesting them. Because, because I don't. We used. I mean, I would make my decision as to whether or not to sit down on the seat based on the smell. But you're like ingesting some farty particles. It's not into a pleasant nose. thing to think, but yeah. But at least you're then basically you're not doing a line on. of fart. Yeah. No, but you just take a very quick. No, but it's like a quick. Here's the thing. If you just do a very quick sniff, and, and you don't, a too. Like, just a quick sniff is not enough to like do damage. But imagine if you sat down on a super soaker stinker, you know, and it like really stunk. Then all of that would be going into your butt crack, basically. No, but it's not though. It just it like how it it's not going into your butt No, because you reabsorb it. No, it stays on the surface. Yeah. It doesn't just do that. It at most it might would just get be, on you. It at most could just get on your pants. Your pants. But then your pants are a part of your butt cheek, basically. No, no, your pants are. There's so no, many barriers. There's fibers there's underwear. that protect. Yeah, and then like there's that, skin. No, I mean it's not going to creep into uh, your you asshole. Const- if you're constantly sitting, <laughs> I mean, how is this? This logic doesn't make sense. It's not within you. Well, because no, it's like it's it, an entity. It's no, not like it, trying to get up there. Actually, it can crawl up in there in a sense <laughs> no, it because cannot. it's basically how? like it's bacteria. Bacteria is life, and it can <laughs> it can creep. Basically, it's like this. If you're okay, maybe one seed is not enough to penetrate. You know, a pant, a pant like a butt of a, 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 a butt on a pant, but like. 
if you are constantly, repeatedly sitting on super soakers, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Then eventually your pants are going to become so soiled that it will creep up. I don't That's like the true. Super well, like certain it. patterns of behavior do come into exactly. They soak in <laughs> the existence Eventually in a way they to penetrate. Takes over. Yeah, it does. And I'll tell you this much: certain seats. I tell you not. I mean, I swear to you, it was so crazy. Like I would sniff certain seats. It smelled so freaking bad. It was crazy how hardcore some of these seats smelled. Like poo, straight up, like a anal yeah. leak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, potentially so, but... I mean, try it, you know? You'll find that it's, like, everywhere. So many people have stink sometimes ass. It's crazy. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, though. But you know why? It's because people don't wipe enough. <laughs> they just wipe once or twice, and they think, good enough. I don't but think But then what someone's... happens is that they have something called anal leak. Like, when you perspire, the sweat basically liquefies what's up in there. Uh-huh. Maybe they even wiped enough, you know, visually, and then it came out because the sweat just sort of liquefied it into a, <laughs> they wiped a leak visually like, like basically <laughs> like watching <laughs> the blank slate until it's soiled here's what you do you no, like they wipe it's not the tissue soiled. until they don't see any more poo on it and they might have done their job their duty in doing that your duty but <laughs> then it's like whatever was maybe up in there that they couldn't tell was there I'll tell you this much. I'm not going to lie. Like, sometimes I know about people who like wipe You've heard of. to the point where they, you, you it looks okay, wipe, but maybe like they're wiping so long that it's like they're, tired they're so tired they're and they're like, so tired. I'm just going to do a very light wipe and hopefully it just won't come off on that. And then it's kind of like a lazy wipe that looks clean, but they know deep down they didn't try hard or enough. What if you're an environmentalist and you actually don't want to use that much toilet paper? Yeah, that's see, fucked that's, up to the rest of the world. Yeah. No, that's that's a factor. Though. I don't no, like that. Is, is it fucked up to the rest of the yeah, world? Yeah, because then they're spreading stink gas everywhere and what's more environmentally detrimental? <laughs> it's really only, I think, to your own hygiene's detriment that not wiping really affects. Like, we are what we eat. What? <laughs> what, does that have, what does that have to do with anything? We're about wiping an environmental... We, just, we have to keep what the senses that? separate. There's sort of like a touch thing that's going on to a scent thing that's going we are, on to we, a taste like thing. And they're very distinct mind. senses, in my opinion. And Apple Day keeps doctor away. Yeah. Wherever you go, there you are. No, I mean, the point is... When I say you Thank are you, what you eat, it's like you are what you project. You know what I mean, in a sense. Like, did you want us all just go like, oh, <laughs> is that what you were like hoping for? I right wanted then? you to understand what I meant in such like, a, oh in a God, word. Like, oh my God, wow, that's actually really deep, Laura. <laughs> we are what we to, eat. I wanted you to, in a word, understand like, what I meant. You in a phrase, I mean? like, in but a phrase. Like, it's like you are what you eat. You know what I mean? Like, you are what you do. You are what you... I, do, do. Should we get to this uh, movie? I think maybe we should Probably. transition yeah. over. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, all, right. <laughs> all right. So anyways, uh, anyways, uh, Party Monster. We all just watched this film, Party Monster, from 2003. Again, uh, directed by Fen- Fenton Bailey and Randy... Fenton's. Yeah, what oh, kind of Fenton's. name is that? I know. Fenton yeah. Bailey, Irish. It could be Irish, yeah. Fenton Bailey. Maybe it's fake. Who knows? Or I don't yeah. know. Uh, and Randy Barbado, <laughs> starring Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green. It's Barbado like that. Oh, okay. Right there. Oh, Seth Green also. That's, that's, that's weird. I've met two of the people in the film. Like, I, I met what? Seth Green. He used to oh, come into Zach's, where I used to work in an Italian place. What's that? Okay. And he used to have his name as, like, <clears throat> quote, unquote, Bob as his alias. So when he picked up food. Nobody recognized nobody him. Nobody recognized him. As if he was such a right. big star that well, he I mean, needed Seth to Green, use his I mean, I, I would be like, hey, that's Seth Green. 
Yeah. That'd be like, hey, and he was Seth like, Green hey, that's then. Seth Green to himself. But right, yeah, right. I don't think anybody else was like, hey, that's Seth Green. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Is yeah. this like a, a while ago or something? Or? This was quite some time ago, maybe uh-huh. like over 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. You right know. around the time of this, he was like, Party Monster's big right now. I got to make sure nobody recognizes me from Party <laughs> Monster. You know what I mean? It probably was bigger than I realized. Actually. Well, it's more of a cult classic. So, yeah, that's actually but, something to say is this movie kind of like. Uh, didn't really gain much uh, when it first came out, but it did create, like... The, over time. Over time, it became a kind of cult classic, probably because of Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green being a part of it, and just kind of like the kind of drug culture to it all. Uh, so briefly, if you haven't what heard... What year did it come out? Uh, 2003. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard of this movie, uh, it's based on the true story of Michael Alleg, uh, who was a club kid, party organizer, um, who... Basically, uh, uh, don't we some call dark those promoters? Kind of. We by we, I meaning people in that promoters. Yeah, yeah, people or, yeah, not like associated a, with me in parties. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the early two thousands kind of club scene in New York. Basically, mm. uh, Macaulay Culkin plays that kid. Seth Green is his best friend, and they kind of meet and they just start kind of throwing these big crazy parties with lots of drugs and et cetera, et cetera. Things kind of get very dark, and uh, yeah. But anyways, um. What did you guys uh, think of this movie? You want to start? Go ahead, Jenny? Jenny. I like. Did you uh, did you like it or? Well, actually, I had this really uneasy feeling throughout the entire film. Like I just wanted to sort of like get up and just like sort of like walk away. Like it just <laughs> had this very like I was just like very uncomfortable watching it. And mm-hmm. I think there was just it was sort of like the frames would just sort of like skip, and it had this very sort of discursive feeling. And I think that that was sort of when I began to appreciate that that's what the mind of sort of an addict is, I kind of could sort of like see that as sort of this parallel process that was taking place. And I began to get very interested in sort of like, what is this sort of discomfort that I'm having right now? And yeah, and the, the just visually, the colors were just really stunning and really magnetizing. And there were a lot of patterns, actually, that I noticed in the in the in the sort of um in the cinematography in and of itself. Mm. It was almost like a painting, you know? Mm. And um, it began, I began to sort of think of like habitual patterns and, you know, how addicts have these patterns of behavior. So it was very, it was, you know, as sort of, you know, someone who studies psychology, I'm also an art therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of looking at it through that lens yeah. as well. So did you like it overall? Or what, what did you think of? It was extremely uncomfortable. I'm uh-huh. sort of still sitting with it because yeah. it's so fresh. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's intriguing. I don't know if I could say sort of that I liked or like didn't like it. I'm, I'm still trying to understand the intent of it and the mm-hmm. intent. Yeah. And the intent of the film. What'd, what'd you think, Laura? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was definitely just like ridiculous. <laughs> like the minute they first introduced Seth Green and Macaulay Culkin, I'm like, what the fuck? These guys are so just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That's part of the fun. I know they're supposed to be, but it's like, oh, my God. They're so, I mean, for lack of a better word, gay. (laughs) In a good way. It's not just effeminate, but it was like, just to see Macaulay's little butt, you know, his little soft oh, that, little mm-hmm. butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Supple It was butt, just yeah. so supple, you the know, supple, and it was yeah. like, man. He's... But that doesn't come into play till later. I yeah. know, but it was like, I felt like I could see his butt the whole time. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? It was a pretty nice ass, though. Well, it it's was not, nice. It's just it like, there's really something nice about butt. Macaulay I mean, Culkin. What are you going to say? And I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels like this, but there's something about him that I just cannot take seriously or in any edgy way, you know? Because like, he acts with his mouth. 
Is well, yeah, and also <laughs> all of I the mean, expressiveness is in his mouth, right? And I don't—he has very like kind of rose-like lips, doesn't he? But, <laughs> but it's he's like, very just—he's just your standard he's twink, a little you know? rose he's just, boy. No, he's, he's like, not a standard twink. No, though. but he's basically, different. if I were to define, I don't know a that twink, term. I don't know that term. Oh, it's a term. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> educate like a, me, right? Well, so, uh, he educates me all the time on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he does. In a, it's sort of like there's these different camps uh, in you know in the, the gay world where there's like. Your daddies, your bears, your otters, your twinks. You know, there's sort he's of the, the, he likes twinks. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and he's an like, otter. I still don't know. I, what that I, is. I would be considered an otter, but it's like you what's know, a twink? A twink is it's basically like Macaulay boy. Culkin. It's like a it's like a, a slender. Gay boy. It's like a slender, slim, youngish looking boy who's like somewhat hairless. Um, Macaulay Culkin is, is just like such. A, <laughs> he's just he's just this is him in peak twink mode. I well, would say. I feel like. So you didn't like it? <laughs> no, I mean, it's... Okay, here's the thing. I guess it was going for this theatrical thing feel. Because to me, the acting was just terrible. Mm. Like it's it on, was on Macaulay Culkin's part, Well, I Macaulay... I think Seth, Seth Green, Green was amazing, I thought. I physically thought, amazing. I think he had some moments, but there were a lot of moments where I was like, is this supposed to just be really bad? Like, is it supposed to be bad? If so, then good mm. job. Because mm. to me, it was like... I thought if they can get away with delivering their lines like this, I might actually have a shot at this movie. I'm auditioning <laughs> on Sunday. Oh like, my god! This you're just always so thinking bad. about like through like the lens I'm like, of this your is, own. I just, it, to me, it sounds like they're reading lines, and the way they're reading them is like monotone in a kind of way where they're constantly like, "Well, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do that." There's Suck people my who dick, are like bitch. that though. But and it's like is, is just that- that's their whole tone the entire well, time. I feel like because it was based on a book, right. it felt very sort of it, I could see that in the film and I I, I I've don't met think, people like this. And, it, and there was this I, weird sort of Victorian sort of vocal kind of like dialogue that was taking place with this sort of like call and response and call and response and then they had this sort of like adaptation of sort of like a British accent that would sort of come and go and oh, I didn't yeah, right, understand yeah. right there was no like a John Lithgow type no yeah. that's, just like that's the- a thespian thing but here's the thing I've met people like this too mm-hmm. but they're not there are subtle dynamics in the way that that kind of personality is projected whereas I didn't find that to, there are any subtle nuance dynamics like mm-hmm. even within a one a note character movie. there mm-hmm. are like certain nuanced dynamics that can be you know uh, perceived and or like picked up on and and so I don't know I just felt like not only was that the case for one of the characters but I felt like with both characters it was like they both had the same tone the same vibe and it I was kind of like why am I, this is just kind of boring you know what I mean but also just felt like this movie wants to be edgy it wants to be like really like crazy and wild and wet and wild or whatever but it really didn't quite capture that edge appeal that I think certain, you know, drug oriented or drug like kind of mm-hmm. uh, drug movies or movies about drugs or whatever mm-hmm. have that I have liked. Like Train Spotting, for example, the casting in that, it's like those characters to me like did kind of evoke a certain edge appeal mm-hmm. that was like intriguing and this movie to me it just looked like little kids trying to be something. You it know what I mean? It was very on this. It was very superficial, in my opinion, yeah. and very much. But I think that they were aware of that. Like I think right. actually, it, in terms of intentionality, I feel like that was actually sort of considered. And it might be yeah. my imagination because I don't know. But um, you know, they would sort of like walk in the room and almost look like children like with diapers and like right. they would be sort of half clothed yeah. and like but that was you supposed know, to be fetishistic to look like a child 
Yeah, but I but, think that that speaks to that sort of like immaturity and uh, yeah. But I, to me, it just seemed like it seemed to me like like kids who were just trying to be something and actually were not doing it for me, you know. But but hey, maybe that's what they were going for. And I can see the appeal of this movie though in a cult, kind of a cult sense. But it wasn't. How can a group like whenever it just I didn't seem genuine to me. I had I had a strong discomfort towards just even sitting through the entire movie. But I will say, like, with the medium of film, I feel like because the collaboration is in, involves so many people that that like those considerations can't not be called out. And I feel like at some point in time, you know, people had to have filtered that on and had to ha- people had to have enough feedback to where at a certain point in time they had to sort of deliver the message in a way where um, it was thoughtful and smart and maybe I'm sort of being hopeful about it, but I feel like they had to consider that. Like I don't think it was something that was overlooked that they kind of just like threw together because they were... I think for the same reasons, though, you mm-hmm. can dilute vision, though. Yeah. When you have, if, you, if you're kind of just, when, when there's too many people involved, you can sometimes just, if you're just listening to everybody, you're not going to make anything interesting as well, you know? I but don't know. I don't necessarily think that's this... what happened here. Um, I actually, yeah, even sorry, though I, I, uh, I think, basically, I think this what is think? a bad movie, but yeah. I really enjoy it, if I that makes sense. I appreciate it. You know? and also, like, I was having a really fun time watching, uh, well, I'll say like the first half of this movie. Um, for me, the movie, while it's technically pretty bad, like it's not well shot and it's very low budget and it's very like B movie esque. Mm-hmm. Um, That's its charm to me. Yeah, uh, it did at times actually work in its favor. I thought, mm-hmm. um, like because it was so kind of campy <laughs> and uh, B movie like. It was like, you knew right off the bat that's what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And so then for me, I was kind of just in this, all right, well, let's just have fun with like this kind of kind of crappy B-movie kind of thing, it, schlock. It, it, and then for that, it's actually it was, really fun. It, I agree. Like, and it was genuine in that sense because it wasn't trying to be something that it wasn't. No, I don't think it was. Re- well, actually, I, I did think it, it was, was trying in the Disney Channel second- version of this kind a of Disney, movie. You know no, what? No. Interesting that you use that choice right. of words because I thought that it was this weird sort of commentary on the sort of Disney kids you know, mm. and like how privileged they are. Because I saw one, honestly, like I saw two people of color throughout the whole film. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, I was thinking about that That was a an issue for it's me. It's very much well, like that, a bunch And those white people of color were there because they were colorful. <clears throat> and like that was called out within like the same 30 seconds that they walked into the camera. And like their sort of coloredness was was, was fetishized about. in some yeah. ways i thought so, i mean his boyfriend like <laughs> like the yeah. first person who isn't white that like comes into the picture he's like hello you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like okay and the hawaiian thing and then he had it like a like a a, a mex a very mexican accent not even a you know <clears throat> it was actually very... fez from that 70 right, right, right. but um, just just to finish my yeah. last thought yeah. on my feeling about the movie was that just because i was about i didn't quite finish but no, yeah. i thought it was um it, I didn't think it was that good, but I do see the appeal, like, 
you know, on some level about for just for the value of watching Macaulay Culkin be a little whatever the entertainment is value. Is. Like it's mm-hmm. so funny to see Macaulay Culkin wearing these little straps and jocks. And oh, like, the... just different looks mm-hmm. with his butt cheeks out and whatever. You know, like <laughs> it's just it so is, his little so, boobies kind of. Oh my oh, god, yeah. that his one! Nips, he wore this one yeah. outfit where out. his like the neckline was just low enough to show the half top his, half like of the his nipples, half his uh-huh. nips, yeah. <laughs> and it was like so, so ridiculous. It's like a bustier. The costumes are great in this movie. The costumes are cool. The makeup is is odd. Like every scene that Seth Green is in, he has some wild, crazy new thing that he's wearing, and it's always pretty <laughs> entertaining to look at. And it's like comedy comes just from the mannerisms of him. And I actually yeah. thought Seth Green did a pretty good job. I, I don't loved think Macaulay Culkin's uh, acting is necessarily that great, but it's like fun. There's, There's something to it when they're together on screen. I actually thought those were the best moments of the movie. And when mm. they started separating them towards the last half. That's when the movie really fell apart for me because it was not only were they separating the two characters that when they're together, they're it's like the most fun that the movie is having, but it also starts to like try to have a message and try to like be really serious about like drug use and everything. And like, I actually felt like it while the highs and everything, I mean, I this movie is maybe not necessarily the best thing for like a young kid to watch because I feel like it kind of fetishizes actually the party aspect and then the drug aspect is like really falls fl- I mean the the kind of uh, the message I think really falls flat like the, but all they the, called it, that out in that in a in one scene they said this feels like an after school special exactly so, and it was interesting because it's like I felt it was that that, what it is yeah. yeah so I felt like that there was some sort of intentionality behind mm-hmm. it yeah. behind mm-hmm. that you know and, oh yeah I'm sure there was definitely some intentions but yeah. somehow it just didn't quite and so in that respect I actually like have more respect for the film because they did sort of they did call certain things out very explicitly mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I I feel yeah. like the dramatic scenes for me just really fell flat, and yeah. I felt like the all the dark stuff that they were trying to like when it really started to try and be edgy and dark and weird or something, you know, like that was almost cringeworthy to me. But do you but not the see really the- fun like the just them hanging out and like being funny with each other and and like flamboyantly just kind of moving through their lives that was actually like really fun for me to watch i i liked their performances of kind of being these very effeminate flamboyant kind of gay guys and uh, like there was an aspect of that that was kind of entertaining for me i mean i don't know i feel like i've met people that are somewhat similar to that and they are entertaining people to be around to degree i mean at a certain Mm. point it's like a little much and maybe that's what this movie is is kind of like at a certain point like, do you really want to be hanging out with people like this? You know what I mean? But uh, anyways. So you're saying it's like entertainment, essentially. And like, it's just there I to couldn't really like take fill it seriously. the space. Yeah, for me, like, the message of the film and the kind of the darker aspects of drug use and stuff, I felt like it didn't really do a good job of actually making its case against drugs. But I felt like the entertainment value of having Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green on the screen together being, like, ridiculous with each other was had an entertainment value to it. So yeah. for me, the movie worked more in its comedy than it did in its, like, dramatic intentions. Yeah, and I, and I would whatever. really... And I, and I actually can't... You know, it's like, I don't think either of us ha- can speak on the sort of intentions. But sure, yeah. I feel like but, the fact that you're left with that and the fact that, like, I'm also left with that, too, actually mm-hmm. speaks to sort of its message. And, like, maybe that was its message. That it was not supposed to be this sort of educational sort of, like, film. I mean, I didn't get that at all. And it was ne- never, like... I mean, mm-hmm. in sort of, like... Holding it next to a film like Train Spotting, like I understand, I mean, yeah. like why? Because it's sort of like well, 
Well, it's about drug culture. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's, it's actually n- unfair yeah. because it was right. so, like, the characters were very much more developed then, and um, yeah. it was just a I mean, sort of different think. atmosphere. And yeah. okay. makes you think. And no, stuff. but there's another <laughs> yeah. movie that I might compare this to called Nowhere. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it's also about party culture and, like, raver kids and stuff, and it's definitely a cult movie and has a lot of similar, similar elements, mm-hmm. but that movie somehow went there for me. Like, it actually did kind of... It was outrageous, ridiculous, and, like, there were definitely some kind of cringeworthy moments, but yet the characters did have a certain complexity that made me feel, like, a little bit more intrigued by them, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, just... This is weird, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it was weirder, but also kind of brainless. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Well, like but I doesn't said, that brainless, so. doesn't that brainlessness and that sort of, like, very superficial quality speak to that culture, though? Well, yeah. Yes. But that's the thing is this that movie also acknowledges that in a, in, in a you know, conscious way. But I do think this acknowledges it. just did it that. in a certain way that was better. I, don't, I can't explain it. It was just a little bit more... Like a little more edgy somehow, mm-hmm. whereas this just seemed like the Disney Channel's version of that. Yeah, it's a bad movie, but right. I almost feel like it's a, a very entertaining bad movie in a way. You know, like yeah, I feel like it wasn't that entertaining to me though. Like it was really, I know. again, it, it was boring. like it was so hard. Well, it to did sit get really through. boring in the second half, but to me, I was actually pretty into the first maybe. 30, 45 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it really dragged. And we yeah, can talk about that later. On. Actually, why don't we, we just probably get into move spo- on. Yeah, let's getting, get into spoilers yeah. very briefly. Um, if you haven't seen this movie or you care about spoilers, now would be the time to tune out. Um, but yeah, so in a spoilerly way, um, what did you guys think about some of the more specific stuff that happens in the last half of the movie or more specific plot stuff? Well, again, just like Macaulay's nipples and his butt cheeks were like pretty much the highlight for me. <laughs> oh, so you liked it? Oh, like, yeah, of course I loved oh, seeing think, Macaulay's would you, would you say, butt. Would you say Macaulay Culkin is uh, too hot to trot? No, I mean, I personally, I'm not into his look or mm. him at all, but mm-hmm. it's just such a, a sight, a sight for eyes. Mm. Sore so eyes you, and So well what up. if you just took his butt out of context? Would you like that butt? I don't know. It just it looks so like. Really, I mean, it's like what's wrong? It with just it? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it's it. It's too just, perfect, almost. It's it so was, nice. It's, it's not like that nice about perfect. Well, it's like, just something. It really does seem like it belongs to a five year old or something. I feel like it's very Botticelli. Oh. It's a very Botticelli butt. He doesn't have um, a classical vibe to me at all. I appreciated the butt. He has it. Yeah. I don't find him to have that kind of timeless you know, age-old grace that I do see in certain people like Timothy Chalamet or for somebody for somebody like that or like Army Hammer that capture that like really timeless <laughs> sculpted look, you know, that's yeah, like really you can't beautiful. Yeah, the baby out with the butt water. Like there's certain aspects of him that I think are really, like I, I very much treasure, you know, like Macaulay? the way he's, yeah, the way he like speaks he he essentially like expresses through the lower half of his face. <laughs> and, I don't know. Like you can't and the throw lower that half away. of his body, really. Yeah, and the he lower half of his through body. Lower half of his he's a lower realm being, you know. And something <laughs> about him he's a lower, that. He's just a lower body kind <laughs> of I just find him to just not have that complexity. Like I find him to be pretty flat and like both chested and <laughs> spiritually. Like well, he yeah. just doesn't seem but to have good. a personality. I, to I me. like a flat chest personally. I don't know. I like I just, these big old bulky kind of guys. I'm kind. I'm just like kidding. Kind of. I don't like big. I don't either. Don't I have mixed feelings about. I'm fine with a flat chest too. I'm not really. I just threw that in there. But what I meant was that. 
he has like a flat character. I, I find. like how we get into spoilers and we're just talking about Macaulay Culkin's <laughs> body, like as if that's a spoiler, you know? Well, like, it is. There's not really much else to care about. This well, movie. actually, I do want to mention that, like, I thought that the second half of the movie was pretty boring because it just started yeah. to get so like, oh my god, Dramatic. these drugs are really destroying these people's lives, and it's like the techniques that they use were just so cheesy and like right. over the top and like using these uh, filmmaking to like speeding up the footage or like showing something over and over and over again like oh my god we're in the mind of a drug addict or something but I mm-hmm. actually felt like it really it really was like after school special version of what people might think a drug addict would be <laughs> right like exactly mm-hmm. it seemed like an uninformed version of like what it would it just mean wasn't to su- be it wasn't very successful involved in that world I get they're kind of going for but yeah I mean like and I just felt like where it just goes with Macaulay Culkin just kind of spiraling out of control well what did you think about that scene where there was sort of like um like pushing the radiator in and then looking at the rat and like looking at the hole and like mm-hmm. getting bit and mm-hmm. all of, like what did you think of that particular because oh, I, I actually it. I thought that that was actually a turning point because I was so uncomfortable with that scene mm-hmm. and I think it's because we were actually um sort of like on a very the camera angle sort of shifted to a very sort of low level from the floor and it was like okay this is where they sort of like hit rock bottom mm-hmm. And um, you're sort of looking at them from a a very sort of like low, low angle. And you're actually looking at them in the object that they're relating to. And it's such a mundane sort of experience that they're making such a big deal out of. I did not like the... like the rat coming into play at the end as like a real life thing and then basically this thing just like happens at the end of the movie that explains everything to another character and I was like wait what this is how he's gonna learn that Macaulay Culkin didn't kill the guy it was like his friend or whatever oh it's like a super ego kind of situation I just like like like, felt like really out of nowhere Um, yeah and taking the viewer as like an idiot that you have to sort of explain everything to yeah well I felt that too that was a little um, bit heavy handed yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I just felt like it really fell apart in the second half of the movie, mm-hmm. and I was pretty, I was kind of getting bored by the end of it. It felt much longer than it was because I think yeah. it was like because they felt they had to explain it. Like, had they actually kept a very like superficial consistency throughout the movie, I felt like it actually would have been stronger rather than ha- them having to sort of drive this message through. Because perhaps at a certain point in time, they felt like they had to shift the focus and like sort of go deeper, but. I felt like had they kept the integrity of the sort of genuineness of the superficiality and just sort of like actually trusted that that was enough, then they could have actually just communicated that and that there was a lot that could have been communicated in just keeping that sort of integrity. But because they tried to make it this sort of like heavy handed sort of, you know, let me sort of teach you a lesson kind of thing. Mm -hmm then uh, yeah it spun a little bit out of its um yeah it was just a little much for me um mm-hmm. any final thoughts yeah from you, I, Laura? yeah i again i just think this movie seemed like it was made by some excited person or people that went to their first rave and they're like let's make a movie about this and really well it is rave. based on a true story right well still just the execution was like it seemed like it was made by an inexperienced it was person from, in that world that thought just after going to one rave or reading this book that they suddenly knew everything there is to know about that kind of culture or whatever. And it true. just it just mm, seemed like kind of mm-hmm. prude or something to me. Not prude, but just posery. Uh-huh. Basically, posery is what it comes down to. I yeah, didn't think that's so much like. that as just it was just not like 
I don't think it was it wasn't as gritty as it was attempting to be. Or right. Whatever. It just mm. seemed a little. Mm-hmm. It was like actually kind of vanilla in a kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, I'm glad I watched it because I. I did want to kind of see. I just wanted it. Uh, the reason we watched this, by the way, people, is because on our way down to L. A. on our drive down, we listened to an episode of WTF. Uh, Mark Maron's podcast. Mark Maron's podcast where he interviews Macaulay Culkin. And that was actually really interesting and insightful and like... Highly recommend. It definitely made me kind of consider Macaulay Culkin in ter- like on more kind of somewhat complex terms and... I mean, but well, also I didn't know not. about his, ch- his kind of dark uh, family life. Right. Really. No, I, didn't no, know I, don't really know, I don't know about that. I'm oh, intrigued. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. He was like talked about how he was on the road with his dad for months on end and his father was just this horrible physically abusive person and he was born into a family with like seven siblings or whatever and like that you know he was his father just didn't like him yeah and they lived in a one-bedroom apartment in new york with seven kids and like basically he him and two other of his brothers were the ones being focused on it wasn't in new york there was one bedroom it was like some wherever he grew up where was it? thought he grew up in new york no no he didn't grow up in new york Okay, I don't know, but anyway, whatever. And the then they moved being, to New York later after even, Home Alone. And this is an interesting fact. During Home Alone, when he filmed Home Alone, he was still living in a one-bedroom apartment with his, you know, nine-person family. Wow. Even after Home Alone came out, like, for a while, they were mm-hmm. still living in this one-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And, like, basically, he'd have to go, and his father was abusive in general yeah. to everyone. Physically, but mentally, But imagine him oh. going on the road with his dad during these shoots and having to be alone with him in these, you know, on the road, like no one there to save him from his, you know, horrible father. That just sounded horrible. It really sounded awful. His father sounds like a terrible person. And it it did feel really bad for him after listening Mm -hmm. to that. And he didn't even go into like hardcore detail about what his dad did. Because he clearly was like, damn, this is like, that's crazy. That sounds like so dark, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sounded really fucked up. And plus he's, it's, he's very publicly had a hard time in some of his later years of like, you know, he was like Drug real hardcore into drugs and for for a bit, but it sounds like now he's somewhat mellowed out. Uh, I mean, you know, he well, just he, kinda... as he says, he says, "I live a very fruitful, fun life, and I choose." To... I live well. I, I drink, drink well. well I, I smoke, smoke well. well. <laughs> That's like That's some of his said. last thoughts yeah. of, of the podcast. Like oh. Mark Maron's like, "So what's your life like? Now? So what's your life like now?" You know. Well, wasn't he like really good friends with like Michael Jackson? Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. didn't. He, you know, still like claims full-heartedly well. that, that that was a really good a element of his life. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wait, your final thoughts? Oh, my <laughs> final thoughts is just that this film is a bad film, but I still uh, maybe kind of recommend it in a weird way if you kind of want... Oh, wait, yeah, this like isn't a, your first time seeing it. Oh, no, yeah, I saw this a long time ago. <laughs> right, I saw this okay. when I was like 16 or something like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a party, actually. I, I remember the first time I watched it was uh, my friend was having this party at her house. And, Did they and, put it on to get you guys in the mood? Like, no, to party? Well, I mean, when I say party, like, my the, it was like a high school party where it was more just a bunch of friends hanging out. And they were like, let's watch Party Monsters. And then in one room, in one out. room, like, I remember my friend Nisa, she was like, running around, she's like, we're all gonna watch Party Monster in this room if anybody wants to watch Party Monster. And I was oh like, I God, guess I'll check so that out. Nice. And that was the first time I ever had Jaeger, too. I remember that. Mm. Oh, that because it was so sounds... gross. It was like, oh. it was really nasty. So we were all just like drinking and watching this movie. And I don't even think I finished it. Um, because... The Jaeger Meister? No, no, the movie. The... Oh. <laughs> I know I watched at least most of it. Or maybe I just got too drunk to remember the ending or whatever. I don't mm. remember. But basically, I do remember seeing this movie a long time ago. And I think I saw it even twice or something. 
but I kind of forgot a lot of the details. I remember the first half a lot because I remember it being funny and whatever when I was a kid or whatever. But yeah, I think it's just a bad movie, but it still has some entertainment value to me. And I think it's kind of a fun, it's a fun cult B movie, bad movie, if you, if you want that. You know, that's kind of, I think, what you should sit down and be ready for. And if that is your expectations, I actually think it's going to meet them, and then you're going to kind of have a somewhat good time with it, you know, at least for mm-hmm. the first half. That's my final thought. All right, well. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Jenny, for being on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Um, yeah. This has been Totally Tell Me. We post new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you dig it, share it with a friend. Leave us a rating on iTunes. And uh, our intro and outro music is by Lauren Anton. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode of Totally Tell Me. Totally Tell Me.